you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Around the NFL Podcast. Doesn't pay me for this. (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hensis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. Money's right. He doesn't get paid for this. What's happening, boys? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dan. He's absolutely right. In all the time that he's done this for us, there are two things that are never happening. A, we never even see him so much as say, how you doing? Thank you. Thank you for years of service. And B. I do whenever what, I see him. I'm just saying we don't yeah. come up to the studio to celebrate his talents or anything like that. We've never so much as given him a gift, any sort of thing that resembles a thank you. It says a lot about the four of us. I, I would say. And, I, and I, Sydney. I don't think this is hyperbolic. I think we've been as complimentary of Matt Money Smith on this show as anybody in this building. <laughs> I agree. It's been huge for his career. He should be thanking us. Oh, so the, oh, so the stance with you two is no gift. We've, no, we've already kidding. got our bases I, covered. I do thank him, and I do think it's awesome. And I've said many times it's my favorite part of our show. Yeah, what else do we want to do? I mean, I could think of a few things. Go ahead. Buy, you know, buy fire away, buddy. How about That's we fair. purchase him like an elegant dinner somewhere that he could take a loved one with? He comes here when he could be home with – no, children and family. Wait, let's just straighten this out right here. Money is already here doing his job, and we have Sydney. Sydney, let Mark know how it works. Money's up here. You slide a piece of paper in front of him. It's something like that. He reads it in you know two minutes, and he's done, right? Yeah. So he has to say an extra two minutes after. Dan oh, you're on show. their side. I'm just. Those are the facts. You've become hardened. But in however, your situation. I mean, after you know an hour of Damashek show, maybe an extra two minutes is a lot. Ooh. So you're saying Damashek should be du- buying him dinners. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, too. This is the uh, Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, the uh, the first week out of the draft. And you know what that means. You know what it is, b- <laughs> When we come back from the draft, 
That's when we go around the NFL. We really live up to our name. And we go, each conference gets its own show. Tuesday show, we'll have another show on Thursday. And we today, we will go around the AFC. And how many minutes, Mark? 48. 48. So every team will be treated like the Ravens' nest. It is oh. one giant nest. A few less minutes. But, yeah, the Ravens get three more. <laughs> they're, they're pretty. Yeah, they're sitting pretty right we now. Could get, we could make it around the AFC in 45 minutes and just forget. We could go totally dark for three minutes no, during their segment. <laughs> that we said enough funny. about them. I think, you know what? No, we should give them their three. Let's give them a little pop, and that means the Ravens. Congratulations, guys. Let's get a little caw in here. The Ravens have get, are going to get eight minutes over two shows. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Congratulations, guys. So, uh, every t- there are – Maybe they'll eight. make up for their mediocrity the last two seasons. Maybe. Okay. 32 <laughs> teams, 16 teams, each division, 16 times – or 48 <laughs> divided by three, 16. Three minutes for each team. Yeah. Got it. Got you've, there. You've packed the conferences or, or the divisions. You have 16 teams per division, but we'll, <laughs> let, we'll let that ride. I got there. Three minutes per team. Uh, so that is today. Uh, the AFC will hit every team in the conference. Uh, so very exciting stuff. Uh, also got a little bit of news to do. So uh, to do that, we'll check formally behind the glass uh, with Sydney, who is making an enemy of Mark Sessler. Never wise, because when you get on the radar – Sometimes you don't get off it. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. I just thought you, I thought you would back me up, of all people, in the terms of let's be kind to someone. I yeah. was just laying out the facts. That's As someone, I'm- Sydney, who has been on the radar, you know, one of the things you don't want to do is get on the radar early in the show. <laughs> it could get be, on late. could be a long show. Get on late if you're going to get on at all. Get on early. could be a long day. Let's as long as I stay away from the Osuni night drops today, maybe we'll, <laughs> we can can we form a truce? Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> offering a truce. If you do that. <laughs> All right, let's do some news. The New York J E T E Jets. You know, I'll I'll say this. Um, Tony Richardson, very stand-up guy, played a lot of years in the NFL at fullback. That's Let it. Stand. He's no Drew Pearson, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Uh, we'll start with the Buffalo Bills, who made a, I would say, an anticipated move this week. They officially parted ways with general manager Doug Whaley after four seasons. Teflon Doug no more. Rest in peace, buddy. Uh, well, in this position. You're alive and well, and that's the most important thing, Doug. Anyway, the team announced this Sunday. Uh, the news came hours after the conclusion of the 2017 NFL draft. Terry Pagula, the Bills owner who uh, was was a conquering hero a few years ago, now is the subject of scathing columns about how he's uh, at the root of all all that is wrong, Terry and his wife Kim. With the Bills right now, he, uh, in a press conference, uh, offered his thoughts on why the decision was made to move on. This morning I informed Doug Whaley that he was relieved of his duties with the Buffalo Bills. I have enjoyed working with Doug. He's a very good person. Speak fast, Art. I want to wish him the best in the future. This was not an easy decision. Whaley joined the team as an assistant general manager in 2010. 
got the GM role in 2013 after Buddy Nix stepped down. Buddy Nix, a footnote uh, to Bill's history. Uh, four years as GM, the Bills went 30-34. and 34. The picture of mediocrity, just one winning season, no playoffs. Of course, no playoffs for the Bills, Greg, since the 99 season. And, and now Whaley is out of the picture. Do you have any issues with the timing of it, the, that Rex got canned before the season ended and then they waited essentially four months to do the uh, GM? Yeah, I'm confused about it, and I don't – like the immediate defense by all Bills fans. Well, of course it makes sense. You know, you couldn't ju- you couldn't fire him back in January. Then everyone could have gotten that great Doug Whaley information out of their draft board. Like, what is the instinct <laughs> the second something that is clearly bad to your team happens that you just have to defend the organization that's been a mess for a while? This, oh, we had to keep that Doug Whaley news, you know, the Doug Whaley board out of other I, teams? Give me a break. Can I step in as a, a fan of a bad team, a team that just drafted safeties with back-to-back picks to start a draft? We do this because it's all we have, and we it's just a, a, a matter of habit because you're trying to spin it, but it doesn't mean you're right. And I don't think it's a big deal that they waited until after. They do change scouting staff sometimes after, but it is still rare. People were acting like, well, of course this is what they did. It's still very rare to fire your coach in January and then fire your GM in April. It doesn't really make any sense. It's odd timing when you see reports coming out of Buffalo that Sean McDermott was running the draft room. Mm. He was making all the phone calls, making all the choices. Why did they even keep Whaley on board for the draft? (laughs) It is odd. I think the most symbolic thing to come after the firing is the word now that they're not going to take the fifth-year option on Sammy Watkins, Mm. who is the draft pick along with E.J. Manuel that will most define Whaley, where he traded up an exorbitant amount to get a wide receiver that has been injury-prone but is very talented. In the deepest wide receiver class the NFL has ever seen. Absolutely. And now if Watkins goes out and has some sort of monster year – they botched this entirely. So he leaves – in his wake, he leaves the Bills with more than a few problems. I, I don't understand why they're not picking up the option at all. His foot I'd, must be that bad, right? Because the only risk, it's not guaranteed, is that he can't pass a physical next March. And maybe they're not confident in that, but I think it's worth that small risk to potentially retain a, a very good player. Whaley's track record wasn't quite as bad as probably it's made out to be. I think – the way that he hand, he didn't get along with his head coaches. He had multiple head coaches he didn't get along with, and then he was terrible with the media, and then he always seemed to be lying. Those were his, those were those were the biggest problems. I wish you weren't a liar. Also, they ran in place for four years. Right. I mean, they spent a lot of money, they made a lot of moves, and didn't get any better for four years. No, he wasn't. He took over for Bo and Luke Duke, Chan Gailey and Buddy Nix. <laughs> and um, Burt Breer over at the Peter King site um, wrote that, there was a weird vibe in the draft room around the Bills complex during the draft because it wasn't really clear who was, and this was the the phrasing that was used in the article, like who had the hammer, like who was really in charge, and there was a sense that someone was always over your shoulder and, and, and whether Whaley, Whaley then, you know, lords over as a part of a draft that's a mostly a foundational draft, no, nothing flashy, and then he gets canned hours later. It just, it's a tough situation. Right. I mean, they made a big though. trade down. They got a lot. That's kind of been underrated how much they got from the, the uh, Chiefs. They got two first-round picks and a third-round pick. I wonder if one last thing that made it that, that they didn't have to go out and get some top GM is that it sounds like Sean McDermott wants to bring the Panthers' assistant GM, Brandon Bean, over, and that, that maybe they kind of knew that was a possibility to start then, with. Yeah, it's I guess, weird. but then it's why, yeah, why have Whaley there? The one thing I'll say, the Pagulas are heroes in Buffalo 
for keeping the team there, but they've experienced what happens to almost every new owner. It's amazing that this keeps happening, that they just have to learn by making mistakes and by firing the coach, but not the GM and then the GM, not the coach. And then suddenly they've been there about four years. They've had three different head coaches, mm-hmm. multiple GMs. And it happens to almost every new owner. And very few of the players on the roster fit the new coach's system. That That's what bad franchises always do. Let's go from uh, one team. You know, it's a little bit dealing with some dysfunction to another, the Chicago Bears. Uh, you're hearing all sorts of bad things coming out about, um, you know, the those front, front front office officials not being on the same page. And this is an interesting thing. Wrote about it on the, the end around. The Chicago Tribune reported Monday that the Bears invited Mike Glennon to their draft party at Soldier Field on Thursday night. Glennon accepted that invitation, you know, fan outreach and all that. You're trying to get the people excited about you and the team as the new QB1. Uh, and he was seated in the club level, uh, you know, ready to do a meet and greet with fans as the Bears traded up to select North Carolina quarterback Mitch Trubisky with the second overall pick. What is happening, Mark? It's it is. How do you do that? It is, few teams go from being kind of under the radar a mess to completely out there a mess like the Bears have in the last week. It's it's crazy. This is just another sort of insulting footnote because you, there are certain there certainly were enough people in the building that knew they were going to try very hard to get Trubisky. Not everyone knew, obviously. I don't know if anyone knew. Well, I'm saying the, the, the general manager knew. Yeah. So it's like he, he you got to do something to protect the the dignity of the guy you just went out and paid. He's sitting there in the middle of Soldier Field. I mean, eighteen point five million guaranteed money. He gets invited to the draft party. You want to talk <laughs> about being blindsided? And the Tribune also reported. As you might expect, he had no idea that this was all about to go and, down. He found out when we did. And if you say it doesn't matter, these things don't matter, it does because they are dealing with a major PR issue right now, and we're talking about this on this show. Can't put a price on a fantastic personal assistant who would have stepped in and taken care of the invitations for the draft party. Hmm. Ryan Pace is a busy man wheeling and dealing. Maybe he doesn't even know Mike Glennon's going to be there. Well, it, that's, it's crazy, and it is embarrassing. I totally agree with everything Mark said. And it's crazy to me that John Fox, I mean, this has come out too, that John Fox didn't know. That John Fox did not know they were trading up for Trubisky. And John Fox, who's who's kind of known to have some connections in, in terms of national reporters, I thought it was interesting that Jay Glazer on Fox Sports Radio, when the Bears traded up for that pick, he thought the pick was Solomon Thomas. He reported it was going to be Solomon Thomas. So that gives you an idea that maybe – John Fox from all by all accounts that he even at that point he didn't know that it was going to be Trubisky. That is why well, it tells you the team simply doesn't the the general manager does not trust the coach with important information. Did Jay Glazer just start punching through cement walls when he got his scoopage incorrect? He almost ne- he ne- he prides himself on not getting well, anything wrong. Well, so I, I bet he was I bet he was pretty annoyed. None of this matters. Each of them has seven months left on the job anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Ryan Pace, hey, buddy. Come back to us uh, when asked about or don't Trubisky. Well, in seven months you won't. But uh, when asked about Trubis or excuse me about Glennon and 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 you know how how this has to be very hard on him, I had this to say: I think any quarterback has just got to be able to brush off adversity uh, and fight through, and that's what Mike will do. I think we'll handle that well. Hey, uh, Rye Rybone, adversity is part of the job. That's part of sports, especially at the quarterback position. You got to be mentally tough. 
But Pace, the adversity is supposed to be coming from outside the building. <laughs> the building is supposed to be the sanctuary. No adversity inside the building. The adversity comes in, and then you battle it. You don't bring the adversity in. You Come are, back to us. You are absolutely God! right. But you Terrible. and I and other people who follow bad teams, historically bad teams, most of the crap comes from inside the building, and they're creating way too much of it for themselves. Was that a first? What's that? I don't remember. We've all had rants on this show, but I don't remember any of your rants. I don't usually get that fired up. <laughs> not a big ranter. Yeah. Moving right. on. Ooh, not that? go on. We got to We got to go. Got to move. We got to um, move and get on to this NFL Network hit. By the way, people should be watching up to the minute live, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We're on a lot this week. Nice Tuesday, plug. Wednesday, Thursday. Nice plug, Greg. Excellent work. Uh, finally, in news, the Packers have released Kristen Michael. Um, Wes, your thoughts? <laughs> well, I never thought he got a fair shake last year with the Seahawks when he was their leading rusher and they cut him and nobody else on the team did any better than him. But I, I think – Kristen Michael's career so far has been uh, basically missed assignments, lack of instincts, and very little receiving ability, and that has undone his obvious talent. Uh, in other news, David Cobb also got waived by the Bears. The only question, is Zach Zenner in a secure area? You're asking me this? Yeah, is he safe? All the running back favorites of the Around the NFL podcast. Yeah, used to love Cobb. I, I did like Cobb, but I mean, but it was about two and a half years ago when I realized I was incorrect on that assessment. So <laughs> that could be a Legarrette Blunt landing spot. Potentially, that's what's happening mm. in the news. Okay, you ready? Who's excited? We're gonna go around, uh, around the AFC in 48 minutes. They say it's impossible, but it ain't. Now, here are the hard rules. We're, we all like to talk. We're all talkers in here. I heard Greg get castigated by a boss today, just today, for doing a radio hit in a neighboring office of one of the shadowy league figures. The shadowy league figure left his office, swung the door open, and, uh, you know, one of those boss moves, and, and, and just took it to Greg, took him down a peg on live radio. Yeah, while I was on. You know, apologies really? apologies to any of our listeners in the UK. Talk Sport 2 should check out Nat Coombs' excellent weekly show if they heard my boss yelling at me during the, the hit. It's a bold maneuver to, to kick open the door. <laughs> Greg, you're getting good with these plugs. You just worked that the, was the basic conversation. just seamless. So easily. Nat's a great gentleman. Uh, anyway, so we will go around the AFC in 48 minutes, and like I said, 16 teams, three minutes per team. Uh, and we are strict about that. I don't care if you're making the best point ever. Uh, and I, I say it for myself as well with peace and love. If that buzzer hits. You're gone. When you hear this buzzer. We're out. And we're moving on. Is that a buzzer? Well, it's kind of a, a more like a, one of those horn? nightclub fog horns that you might Psychotic at the Jersey horn. Shore. I feel like that's one of the few vestiges of the gold standard era. He, he brought that sound drop. God, what a man. All right. You guys ready? We're going to start in the AFC East, North, South, West, and then we'll repeat that exercise on Thursday with the NFC. Everybody gets three minutes, not a second more, not a second less. less. And to start, Mark Sessler, get us going with the AFC East team named? The New York Jets. Go! The grand assumption is that New York will effortlessly go 0-16 and land Tom Brady 2.0 in next year's draft, that every – player will royally suck. The coaches will lay a massive egg for 16 straight weeks, 
and everything is going to go perfectly according to plan in Florham Park if you want to suck. How about this? Who can get in the way? Who on the Jets roster, whether it be front office coaching staff player, who can foil this plan and prevent the Jets from getting the number one pick? All right. All right. I'll give you an answer. Josh McCown. If you get Josh McCown of that magical five-week stretch of 2013 or whatever that was. gone. And he wins a, a few games. That's the answer. That's that's to me the answer. Otherwise, you got Christian Hackenberg in the mix. I think he's going to start at least eight games, and I don't think they're going to win a lot of those games. I think McCown is the veteran that could sling it if he gets hot. Is the biggest threat to the Jets. Mm. Josh McCown is great at directing teams to the number one overall pick. I think this actually <laughs> works in the Jets' favor. It's what true. does not work in their favor is there will be no beautiful 0-16 season. There will be no easy ride to the number one pick. It's more like more likely there's a lot of pain and misery and bad football on the way to three and thirteen or four and twelve, and someone else could swoop in. Right? For yeah. You know who mm-hmm. who could get in the way is the San Francisco 49ers, piloted by C.J. Beathard or the Browns or. I don't know. Let's throw out who who in the NFC. You know Rams. the Rams. But the Bears could be in there. I don't think the, the Bears. The Jets draft the Bears. The Jets draft. You know, taking a couple safeties first doesn't make you think. Okay, those guys are coming in and changing the game. But you know who could get in the way? Leonard Williams and Mo Wilkerson and maybe Sheldon Richardson gets a little juvenation and you got a defensive coach and you just ugly your way into four wins and that's good enough for the third worst record. Well, that like this. For that's instance, certainly possible. Yeah. For instance, the Jets won five and eleven. Uh, this past season, they were not a five and eleven team. They were like a three and thirteen team that ended up winning five games. Yep. And they have a defensive coach, and which leads they got the Browns on the schedule. They got a couple winning. T minus one minute. They got a couple. <laughs> obviously, they have some winnable games on the schedule. How it's about it's going to take? It's you don't want to go five and eleven. If you're going to go five and eleven, uh, if you're going to lose more than ten games, lose. 13. Don't give me 11. Where I don't buy it, too, is that this coaching staff and the general manager are in hot water already with an owner that wants things to not be an embarrassment mm. best he can. I mean, they're not going to just simply lay down. They're going to try to win these games. For the first time I can remember in the Woody Johnson era, I think there has to be really low expectations and that it. it has to be reasonable. That he actually he year. came out and said this week for the first time and he's owned the team for 17 years. He believes the organization is trying something new, which is a total rebuild. And he's right. They've never that really done know it about before. It. Ten, well, there's nine, uh, that's that's eight, all that's a whole other conversation. Wes. Six, Sometimes you play the five, game that way. Four, you got to tell the media three, something, even if you don't honestly believe it. Next. <laughs> New England Patriots. Everybody is patting them on the back for their great offseason. They are consensus favorites to the point that we haven't seen recently one team being head and shoulders above the rest. When you look at the roster, the one thing that po- that sticks out to me is how deep they are at so many positions. If they go down, hmm. if they do not represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, what will be the culprit on this roster? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I believe it'll be the pass rush. Just looking at their front seven, I don't think it's a, it's a great front seven, and I don't think it's a great pass rush. I know they racked up a lot of sacks in the end last year. I think you're looking at who's your best defensive player. I mean, may, maybe it's in the secondary. Last year it was Trey Flowers. So winning a Super Dante Hightower? Hightower, right. I would say Trey Flowers was their, their best player last year. So to me, they don't have top-shelf talent, and they don't have premier pass rushers that can just beat guys one-on-one. Derek Rivers, Greg. I like what I hear of him. I mean, I'm not saying it's a huge weakness, but I don't think they're a great pass rushing team. The Patriots 
have found a way to win Super Bowls without sure. star-studded defenses too. The honestly, the only thing I can point to would be a injury that completely changes the team. I mean, that's that it's not a weak spot on the roster, but injuries derailed the Patriots two years ago. There were too many, and in the team, the complexion of the offense completely changed, and they got whacked by the Broncos in the AFC title game. It really would need to be New England's roster being taken to town by stuff, fate. Or just, which, by the way, it wouldn't be, that happens all the time, every season sure. with many teams in the NFL, every team. But, yeah, I, the offensive line would be what I would look at. Yeah. Everything went wrong for them in 2015, and then everything kind of went right for them in 2016. If they had some injury issues, hey, 40 years old, Tom Brady, I'm not going to say he's declined the season, but I'm going to say if he doesn't get the protection, he's going to be a sitting duck. Line played pretty well last year, but Nate Solder did not really have his best season. Marcus Cannon's coming off a career year. I could see that if they come back to the pack a little bit. Got Dante Scarnecchia. He doesn't let things fall apart. Did he retire They again? didn't have him that would be the good. other year. That's did he what? retire again? No, nah. he is back. Oh, he's and back. The quarterback didn't retire either. You're, you're in big trouble. Well, you are too. It's also, not just about the Jets. They also huh? got both Gronks on the roster again, at least for the offseason. That's fun. It's amazing that they lost the best tight end in history and still won the Super Bowl last year. They're going to really enjoy him for another eight games this year. Oh. Let's face it. We're well, in, now we're in we the know they don't really need era. him. Maybe. Well, see, we're out of things to even talk about with this team. Oh, see, I, this is just – this is proving my point. What about, about the, the coffee Patriots? can they drafted in the seventh round? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to the coffee <laughs> be a can. big weak spot. You've Go ahead, guys. Cooks. It's your team. You've added Brandon Cooks. I mean, the roster's Ten, better than last year. The, on eight, offense, it is the seven, deepest six, offensive roster five, just about I've ever four, seen from any team, certainly three, any Patriots two, team. No question. One. I'm not going to argue. Let's move on and talk about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we, we hit on this in the news a little bit, kind of a meat and potatoes draft for the Bills who got some picks, uh, drafted cornerback uh, Tredavious White with their first pick. My question, after free agency the, and the draft that was sandwiched by a f- firing of the coach and the GM, who are the Bills? Do they have an identity going into 2017? No. I think McDermott, and this is what worries me, he hasn't been a head coach before, hasn't been, certainly hasn't been a GM, and he just pretty much put on that hat during a draft. We got to see what they're doing. I mean, I, I, you'd like to think their offense is going to have some of those Denver type of elements after bringing in Rick Dennison, but they're, they're a mystery to me on both sides of the ball because they're making dramatic overhaul in terms of schematically what they want to do on both sides of the ball. They're totally changing. So I don't know. And so we just talked about their ownership group and on down that there needs to be, if there's going to be patience with the jets, there needs to be patience in Buffalo with a, with a new coach inheriting some issues. But the one thing you always heard about Sean McDermott in Carolina, we saw, we were worried about like their, their secondary. There'd be no name in that secondary for one year after the next other position groups that he maximized his defense year after year in Carolina and whatever came his way. If that's, if that's his skill, that's great for Buffalo. That yeah, was actually not happening under Rex Ryan. Plenty of talent on defense. We talk a lot about Kyle Shanahan and how good he was for the Falcons last year, how big of a loss that was. Anthony Lynn doesn't get nearly enough credit for saving the Bills from a disastrous 2016 season. He has been one of the best run game coordinators in the NFL. And it's not, the Bills have had the best run, rushing attack. I don't think they're going to be nearly as good without Anthony Lynn drawing up that rushing attack. 
they they when LeSean McCoy was healthy last year, which only came in fits and starts, but when he was right, they they were really frisky on offense in stretches last year. And Tyrod Taylor, you like him or not, but he does. You know the fact that he doesn't turn the ball over a lot that makes that makes them better. Uh, there is potential here. Maybe Sammy Watkins is a little motivated. If his foot's healthy, he actually does something this season. Uh, you know, maybe they could be a team that scores some points. Well, in, in theory, they are a top-heavy, star-heavy offense. McCoy, Watkins, Tyrod. You bring in Zay Jones. He's not a star, but he, they're going to ask him to catch a lot of passes. Like, it could be a fun team to watch if all goes right. I think they were fun at times last year to be on on offense. They they had their moments, but it it feels kind of like smoke and mirrors, that team, a little bit. And, and it, I'd like to see them actually have a chance with one coach to build it from the ground up. And I do think McDermott, like GM stuff aside, I mean, you've got to give him three years. This is year one. And their discipline has to be better. Like they, their season ended because their coach who couldn't get all the guys going in the right direction had 10 guys on the field one game. They had 12 guys on the field against the Patriots in another game when they still gave up a back-breaking first down. They need to get better, better on that. You know who had a good draft? Jonathan Williams, the favorite of our friend, the Consigliari. Move. Well, Greg, you're up. Uh, dolphins. <laughs> How about those Dolphins? <laughs> Love that team. Remember when they See were you? mentioned in the old Hootie and the Blowfish uh, song? Dolphins that make was great. Hey, does Mike was Tannenbaum, you know, we talked going into the offseason. Oh, the Dolphins are going to spend some crazy money. They're going to get all these fancy players. Like, they'll be the kind of the, the offseason champions. Didn't really do that in free agency. Had some good pickups, but kind of stayed under the radar. Then uh, in the draft... They go real meat and potatoes, as you said. Charles Harris, good pass rusher in round one. Raekwon McMillan, love having a Raekwon in the league. Really all defense, addressing a bad-looking defensive roster. It's kind of a no-nonsense draft. Should we give Tannenbaum a little credit for getting it right and just bringing in some sound players that need positions and making a good-looking roster look pretty good, look better? I don't have any problem giving Tannenbaum credit for this offseason. It seems like he resisted the urge to do the annual shopping spree in Miami. He beefed up both lines. Their defensive front seven looks much better with Timmons, Charles Harris, uh, a deeper deeper, deeper linebacker core. You mentioned Raekwon McMillan. I think you still have the secondary, which has been routinely burned the last couple of years. I'm not sure how that's any better than it's been. You got added T.J. McDonald, which was a good – Kind of gamble. He's suspended For half. November. No, it's half the season, but I think you're adding a quality starter at a very cheap price. You're right. It's a bad, it's a relatively bad-looking secondary. But overall, they've got a pretty nice starting 22, I think. I agree with you. I think they would have liked a draft that was heavy on interior offensive linemen where they could have beefed up at that position of need. They didn't get one until the fifth round. Isaac Asiata, related to Matt? Not sure. Yes. He is. There we go. But, I mean, they, there were a couple teams like this that had offensive line issues and they weren't able to do what they wanted in the draft and free agency didn't solve that. But this is a team that's in year two of what we just talked about with the Bills. I, people absolutely in that building love Adam Gates. I think there's hope in Miami more so than any other team outside of New England in this division. Yeah, and that's good because there is, if you're a Bills or a Jets fan, there's, there's literally nothing to really – get excited about this year in terms of whether you can compete for a Super Bowl. The Dolphins, at least you get to have fun and kind of talk yourself th- into if this goes right, this goes right, this goes right, this goes right, we can win 11 games. I think Bills get fans them a wild will do card. that. I think they will do that. They'll convince themselves oh, they got guys. a chance at the oh, playoffs. No. I don't think it's that crazy. Come on, Greg. You do this every year with the Bills. <laughs> do I? But you also had Tony Romo going to Buffalo. 
Well, that was that was a long time ago. Tyrod Taylor will be fine. Hey, this is the Dolphins' time. Don't try to take that away from them. They are. Oh, you're so, the one that was doing that. They are so excited. You don't point <laughs> out my inconsistencies. <laughs> They're very deep on off. It should like Jay Ajayi is a legit top ten, 10 back. Nine, I think they believe Laramie Tunzel is going to be a seven, legit top ten six, left tackle. It's like five, they got a young group four, that can kind of grow up three, together. But Ryan Tannehill still kind of sneaky stinks. <laughs> Come on, Wes, just say it. Devontae Parker is a big wild card for them. AFC North. AFC North. How about we go right to the best team in the AFC North? No questions asked. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't want to hear anything else about it. Don't talk to me about the Ravens. Here's the thing. A couple nights ago, <laughs> talking to some old lady at a bar who's telling me that as a Steelers fan, she has it much tougher than we realize, much tougher than my Browns, she said. I know. Because what? of all this nonsense that the Steelers get close every year, and there's always this one fatal flaw. I look at the Steelers, what they've done on defense over the last couple of years. There's certainly their offense is stacked. It's almost like the Patriots question. This is the one team you look at to say, if someone can head-to-head knock off New England, it will be Pittsburgh. I don't want to hear about Big Ben retiring. What (laughs) is it about the Steelers, though, this year that will invariably undo them? The New England Patriots existing? Outside of another team. (laughs) What internal man-versus-himself type force? They're never – they have yet to be a really good defense – from the beginning of the season to the end of the season for basically the entire Mike Tomlin run. I mean, they'll get, they'll get on a little streak where we'll get all excited. On paper, I think they've got a, long, a lot of young players on defense, but they're not a team that scares you defensively, that, that gets big stops in the big moments. They certainly weren't uh, when push came to shove in the AFC Championship game last year. Zone defense, that's their issue. The Patriots pick their zone defense apart almost every time they play them. And if they meet in the AFC Championship game, it's going to happen again because Aditi Quinkabala has been reporting for months that the Steelers are going to address their secondary early in the draft. Didn't do Get it. some guys who can play man-to-man defense. They picked up a third-round corner. They did not pick up an impact corner or safety early in the draft. I, I think it's the fact that they do not play stout man-to-man coverage on their defense. Ben Roethlisberger you know, sloppy at times with the ball. We talked about that earlier in the offseason, that maybe his 2016 season wasn't as good as some others believe. Martavis Bryant's back, but he's a knucklehead. So we'll see what happens with that. Le'Veon Bell, I mean, pound for pound, maybe the best running back in the league. Also, always hurt. Always gets hurt. Got hurt again in the playoffs. Uh, So nothing is certain with their offense, although in terms of top shelf or top ceiling, they may be higher than anyone. I, like, I'm not buying anyone who says, like, the Chiefs, for instance, though, are a team with a better chance than the Steelers. I mean, they finally, if you finally put it together, I don't see another team outside of New England I, has the chance to go to the Super Bowl. I always trust the offense first. I know I just said, you know, that's been their problem has been defense, but you still got Roethlisberger, you would hope, with another, you know, really strong year. And you've got Bell and Brown at their absolute prime. And a great offensive line. And a great line. line. And yeah. Bryant back. I mean, I think I'd take this offense over the Patriots, which is crazy because of how good the Patriots are. I want to know, did you give that old lady the verbal tongue lashing she deserved? Did you dress her down I dressed in a her bar? Down. Yeah, I did. Eight. I Thank mean, you. she's an old lady. Mark. Well, she wasn't old. I mean, that's not Five, fair to call her old. She was older four, than me. Three, so, oh, yeah. Two, it, it wasn't, like, wasn't talking to a 17-year-old or something. <laughs> Wes. Any woman older than Mark is dead to him. <laughs> Mark declared like the Steelers obviously the best team in the AFC North. That's fine, but the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> Baltimore Ravens did not fix their offense. But it seems like they're getting back to their defense and running game roots. We Mark mentioned on the last podcast they have visions of the Cowboys offensive line in their head 
And their defense, which was number one for portions of last year, picked up guys like Tony Jefferson and Brandon Carr in free agency, and then a slew of early-round draft picks. Should the Ravens be the, considered the number one defense in the NFL entering the 2017 wow. season? Wow. The way they no. closed last season, they have to be in the conversation. I mean, that Steelers-Ravens game at the end of the year, I wanted Baltimore to get into the playoffs because of the way they what? were playing it. At that point, wow. they were fun to watch. And I think that you have to trust Ozzie Newsom when he says, I'm going to rebuild a defense over one, two, or three years because he's done it three times at this point. I, I think they addressed the defense so strongly, Wes, because they knew they had issues. I think it was smoke and mirrors in the secondary. Uh, you don't really have – who is their, like, premier pass rusher? I mean, they cut Elvis Doomerville, not that he was playing well for them. Suggs isn't really that guy. Larry Guy goes and leaves for uh, the Patriots. Zach Orr retires. That's a lot Are of people to me? fill in. It's a good team defense, but it doesn't I – I would not put them with the best defenses. Name one better. Well, there aren't any dominant defenses, which, right. is, which is a fair point. The Ravens' defense impressed me over the course of 16 games last year more than any other team's defense. Like, I would take the Broncos for sure – uh, as a roster over them. The, the team that got trampled on the ground. Everybody yeah, you ran always all say over don't them. overrate last year in fantasy or whatever. Like, that's over. Their but rosters. How got, have they improved that problem? Like, the Vikings, I think, is a better roster. There's another one. They can't get out of their way in terms of their offensive team building, though. I, it feels like the third, fourth year in a row, and one of many where they don't have a wide receiver that you're really scared of. Your running backs are a collection of – you know, confusing people at this point. You can't project what they're going to be. That's not going to work Here, in the AFC. Here's the roadmap to 11 wins. That defense, week 1 to 17, plays like they did last year. Two games against the Browns, maybe two against the Bengals if they fall apart. Joe Flacco, now a year removed from ACL uh, yeah. surgery. You know, you, you think he'll be a little bit better. And then the secret weapon of this team is you have – uh, a kicker and Justin Tucker who played that position at the highest level it's ever been played last year. Go check the tape. Uh, you put those three things together. Kicker tape. You can win 11 games and maybe uh, a playoff game that's or two. Said, that John Urschel is very good at math. He's very smart. <laughs> yeah. Smart guy. He can figure out a way to win. Dan kind of convinced me. I like this team. It, it is a very deep secondary. They're counting on guys Are to up, step Greg? up. Ka- Kamale, Korea, Bronson, Kufa- Kufusi, like they're talking on <laughs> second-year players that are going to be starters. Cleveland so. Browns. <laughs> Who's the Browns? Biannual May optimism aside, why should we think the Browns will be any better from a win-loss uh, standpoint if they still don't have a quarterback for the 2017 season? What makes us think they're any better than 4-12 and 12 or less Um if they still don't have a guy they can count on this year. One thing I think that they did was they went out. We're talking about all these meat and potatoes teams. They vastly improved their offensive line. Their offensive line is a strength now. And the rest of it, I think that alone, you went 1-16, you can get two wins off of that. They also lost a couple freaky games last year. It's Going 1-15 is not far from who they are, it's hard. but it's hard to go 1-15. They were more like maybe a 2-14, and 3-13 team. I'm not saying they're good. It's just that you have added parts. You're in second year of the system. I think there were flashes on offense. That's not the right word, but there were moments where Cleveland could move the ball and overachieved a little bit. If you get even B, C-plus quarterback play, you can squeeze a few more wins out. When's Those, the last time you got that? 1988, 89. <laughs> Those moments that you referenced <laughs> happened early in the season. Yeah. 
when there was a foundation running game, when there was decent offensive line play, that all fell apart. The running game, Isaiah Crowell played really well early last year, and then the offensive line wasn't there. But I think you get Kevin Zeitler in there. You brought in a couple offensive linemen. Hugh Jackson can scheme a running game, and I think you're right. They should be more competitive this year. I still like Duke Johnson a lot. I went back and watched him, and I think he's a really good third down back. I mean, if he was on the Patriots or the Falcons, he'd be a a mini star. Well, that's when he'll probably explode (laughs) career-wise. Cody Kessler, I I know he's not going to be a great starting quarterback, but I would not be surprised if week five people are like, well, you know this Cody Kessler – He's not as bad as everyone said because I think Hugh Jackson could scheme him up, you know, coach him up to make him distribute the ball. They've got enough talent around him that he's just passable, maybe for a while. Maybe it's not even a whole season, but he gets people going. Kenny Britt feels destined to be another Browns mistake to me. We'll see how it works out. Don't know. A lot of pressure, though, on Corey Coleman this year. I think so, too. And coming I think out of last and year. And deservedly so. And I don't, I don't know why the Terrell Pryor thing, the way it worked out, it is, it is what it is. But that, what you need now is Corey Coleman to play up to his draft potential. Greg Williams is a big reason why they can be better, I think. I mean, he gets Miles Garrett. He gets Jabril Peppers. He gets Danny Shelton. He's a big upgrade, I think, at Corey. They have been an utterly punchless defense for the entire century. So if even if they were to play a little meaner, I've been talking about this downstairs a oh, lot. Oh yeah, I like this. Please, oh yeah, please show up with some attitude. I'm Wait, tired what's your of it. what's your theory? You don't want them to the cover it, of the enough, media guy. Enough, enough. I get it. You do all sort of no more sit down, work, be humble, charity work, stand up, be braggy, <laughs> be be you know, please. With Greg Williams, that will not be a problem. Stand <laughs> up, be braggy. The 2017 Four, Cleveland Browns. Greg Williams on Wes's radar all off season. <laughs> Greg. The Cincinnati Bengals, even when they were good, were not always uh, the most fun team to watch. Maybe it was because we weren't really big Andy Dalton fans. After adding John Ross and Joe Mixon, does this team have a you know a little bit of juvenation where they can compete in this division again, as we were expecting them to really for for years and years? And then B. Uh, can they be a little fun to watch? I mean, I, look, putting everything for mixing off the field aside, you are adding two pretty dynamic playmakers on offense to an offense that's already got A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert. It's a good question. And on paper, that would be true. But if you uh, look at the teams that will probably have the best offenses in the NFL this year, what separates the guys like the Patriots, Steelers, Raiders, Falcons, Saints, Cowboys – Packers from the rest of the NFL is offensive line play. Mm -hmm. They all have top five to 10 offensive lines and the Bengals last year had one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Then they watched their two best offensive linemen leave and bypass those positions in the draft. I think they are going to be undone by their offensive line and it's hard to believe they won't be. And they, they, they came out of free agency with us killing them for exactly what you mentioned and, with the second most amount of draft picks in the league, all they do is add a center in the fifth round. They, I think, and the Giants, we'll get to the Giants on Thursday, but they're in a similar position, I think, to Cincinnati where the timing didn't work out for them when you your biggest hole was offensive line, when sure. there wasn't great options in free agency, and the, it was a bad draft, as we saw with the way the GMs decided to uh, draft talent in this draft with barely taking any offensive line in the first couple rounds. Uh, so they're kind of in a tough spot there. So what are you going to do, overpay for bad offensive linemen or overdraft prospects that are flawed? I think it's over- another – Go but ahead. if you overpay for your own offensive lineman who you let walk out the door. Right. That and they was were, the mistake. They were solid 
above average, in some cases, Pro Bowl players. I just look at the Bengals, and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cautionary tale of when you get a good roster, you have about a half a decade window to puncture the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl, and they couldn't win one game. And it, 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 I don't think it, it's over, though. I, I don't think it, it's a young team to me. It's a, it, Overall, it's a young roster. They got problems, and I, I can't argue with anything you said, Wes, about the line. Their season probably comes down to Jake Fisher and Abouye, who were their top two picks in 2015, and they haven't really shown anything. So, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense that that will end up killing them. The one thing they can hope for, I guess – you know, like offensive lines are kind of like, uh, you know, a bullpen in baseball. Sometimes they just are good, better than you think. And, well, and if that happens, John Ross and Mixon, uh, to your original question, are Ten, about two of the more electrifying players you could have possibly dreamt of adding. It's on the Bengals to develop those linemen. Better have a good offensive line coach. Paul Gunther, right? <laughs> no, defensive coordinator. <laughs> AFC South. Mark, get us going. All right. The Texans. In less than two months, the Texans have handed away next year's first and second round picks to the Browns. That said, the roster has barely improved from what I'm looking at during that time period. It wasn't like they got a major haul off of that. Are we staring at next season's surprise total implosion franchise? I'm Who's in this again? <laughs> the Texans. The Texans. <laughs> I'm inclined to believe we are. And you can make the argument that their quarterback play can't really get any worse than Brock Osweiler. But I think Tom Savage can get worse. I, I the, the one game he started in his NFL career was a horrible game. I believe he had Tom two Savage is real. I believe he had two completions for the entire first half. It was just a brutal <laughs> game to watch. In no way do I think Tom Savage is leaps and bounds better than Brock Osweiler. Mm. This is a team that got really lucky last year in close games. They got really lucky with injuries outside of JJ Watt. That's and a big... they finished 29th in DVOA, Football Outsiders metric. This, to me, is not a good team. They will, they are a 9-7 and seven team. They're really a 6-10 a six, six team masquerading as 9-7 and seven last year. You get Watt back, though, which is massive. But you also lost three starters on defense. I, I think they could be the team to crater, or just that they're going to be in that mix where they're third place in the AFC South at 6-7 and seven after 13 weeks and just a generically – bad team. I do think Savage will be better. I think he showed more in the in the two games that he played. He did not make mistakes. He was a pretty big upgrade. He from made Osweiler. mistakes. He, he took too many sacks, held the that, ball, their, couldn't read Their defenses. line played so badly and, in that game. I watched that game again closely just to talk about Savage and their, their line gave him no chance in that game. It's all he gave his line no chance in that game. It's almost beside the point because what's the over under when we going to say? Wait, what's the over under when we see Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson's going to play twelve week, games. No, week three, I think he's going to play at least twelve. So games. they're going to be too. They're going to be really bad because they have a rookie quarterback. Or, or, and this is the other side of the coin. Watson can play, and he is this year's Dak Prescott. Something like that happens, and then all of a sudden things look totally different. If you've got a guy that can play the position and you have J.J. Watt back and you have Clowney coming off his most promising year and you have a nice backfield and you have the wide receiver weapons, I think I can totally see the crater angle. I, it makes a lot of sense, especially if Watson isn't ready or if he's no good, which is obviously an option. But I also think they are the biggest boomer bust team in the league. Right. They, can go, they can win 10 or 11 games too. I hear you. When we say this year is Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott doesn't happen every year. It happens It maybe, happens never except happens one time. Dak once, Prescott. Once, or, once or twice. No, if he you know? could be a, if Watson could be a solid rookie starter, which means you're not even one of the best. What's the 20, chances of that happen? Like eight percent? 
I don't know. We don't know. We gotta it's see a, how this guy plays. High pressure situation, but O'Brien will pull the trigger. Not a good looking offensive line. I mean, all these teams have shaky lines on paper. This is another one that's not looking good. Christopher! Titans showed flashes, flashes last year where they were the clear best team in, the, in that division. Just flashes. They need to put it all together. And then they have a draft which Greg Rosenthal declared them to be winners. They get Corey Davis, Adore Jackson, pick up a talented tight end. Is this team now still a year away from making a true impact in the AFC playoff picture, or are they ready now to start contending? They are ready now because you can win the division – with what they have already. I love the wide receiver they drafted. It's an absolute per- it's it was it was value where it was picked and it was an absolute need for them. That's when the draft goes right for you. We're talking about being a player in the AFC playoff picture. The AFC is relatively messy. There are only one or two teams we really can truly truly respect in the AFC as thunderous Super Bowl opportunities. So they're talking about winning the division, getting into the playoffs and winning a playoff game potentially at home. Yes, they can. That's all I'm asking. Can they win yes, one playoff Yes, they can. Game? And I would be surprised if they don't make a, a one of these type of leaps. Now, this division always has us predicting incorrectly someone, but I think the Titans are built differently than these other teams that we've put together before. I'm, I'm a little spooked after what happened last year because we were just as high on this team going into last year, and it took them a while to get going. Once they did get going, it all made sense. Wes uh, was this w- high. What's going to be right. – well, we're pretty high. Are we? Let's listen to this podcast last summer and, and, and hear about what the Titans were going to be in the AFC South. I'm just saying that. I think they were that. Yeah, we'll see if, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they were what? Whatever they were. They were nine games. Oh, they w- they're in the playoffs if Mariota doesn't go down potentially. Who knows? Um, my point is, are they ready to make that leap? Are they going to put it together for 16 games? Because talk about upside. Like, Mariota could be an MVP candidate now. They built the line for him. Now they got the playmakers. I think he needs to take another step forward, and there's every reason to believe that he will, considering the progress he's shown so far. I think my initial instinct is this team will come back a little and like, okay, can I make a case for the Jags? I really like the Jags you know, roster. Can I make a case for the Colts? They certainly have the best quarterback in the division, the quarterback I would think. But I, it's not. That's just contrarian thinking. This is the right team. This is the best <laughs> roster. Oh! And the draft put it over the top. I mean, because they're, they're so good up front. They have a quarterback. They have a running game. And this draft with Corey Davis and Taiwan Taylor, they added some sizzle. They added some playmaking. Their secondary is certainly better. It's it's not a perfect team, but and who knows? It might not happen, but they are the best team. Here's, they are the best team. Here's their number one issue. As much as I like Mariota, he's ended the last two years on IR. Yep. He's yeah. not he's not a durable quarterback so far in, in his NFL career. No GM has done more, I think, in two off seasons than John Robinson in Tennessee. A couple of the others that are close, but he's transformed that team. You know what else he can do? Get a backup quarterback in there instead of Matt Castle. Need a little more in the front seven. It's not a it's not a ter- it's not a bad front seven. It's not a the linebacker. The Colts. <laughs> I traded. I traded. We in this exercise we did a. Uh, a draft to pick teams. I traded the Titan, the Colts for the Titans, the Titans for the Colts, and then forgot I did that and pre- prepared the Titans. But on my feet, I'm going to scramble right now. I thought you said, no, we're not making the trade. You said, no, nah, that's fine. I thought we did make the trade. It doesn't matter oh, okay. because I'm going to talk about the Colts, right? That's my team? Yes. Yes. God. You did make the trade. because I did Wes, make the trade. Yeah. yeah. Wes, no, we didn't. You <laughs> we were very excited about the trade. <laughs> Mark announced it. We're formally. robbing the Colts of their time. <laughs> Trade never happened. Anyway. Anyway. So, the Colts, they've had a nice offseason. 
They got that GM. I don't know what's going on with that guy, but he's doing a nice job so far. Another what's your job. favorite type of frog? <laughs> they have they went defense, defense, defense with the first uh, in the first three rounds. Got a lineman in the fourth round. The offensive line, uh, we'll see. But are they finally doing right by Andrew Luck? Are they going in the right direction again? There are a couple of lost years, it felt like. So by doing right by Andrew Luck, does that mean surrounding him with guys who can block for him and catch the ball? Or does it mean giving him a defense that can finally allow him to keep pace with other teams? You can't fix it all in one offseason. I think they've, they've tried to do both. But it's basically they've taken the approach, I think, that makes sense, which is they're just trying to fix the defense. Because I think the offense is okay. I don't think the offensive line even played that poorly towards the end of last season. Like, you're stuck with Costanzo. Like, if he just plays poorly like he did for parts of last year, like, cut him next offseason. But he, he has a big contract. I, I like this offense. Should be a good offense. Uh, and Ryan Grigson, you asked, is it this or that? Is it fix the offense, give weapons? Or the <laughs> Ryan Grigson left them with all those holes. And so there's only so much you can do in one free agency class and one draft. But, I mean – Dan's issues aside with Chris Ballard, I think that it, I didn't he, say issues. Well, or your your concerns, or whatever the word would be, you're you you're know, weirded out. He's on Observa- your no, just observations. From you want to look at, we just talked about John Robinson. The Colts now have a general manager, I think, that gets it, that is building, that is able to do a, make a lot happen in one off season. A lot of teams in the league don't get this done. I think he's done a lot to change and toughen up the Colts. They have counted on their coaching staff and their young linemen to make the leap. And I don't think they really have fixed the offensive line. No, I agree. Costanzo is, like Greg said, he's a wild card. Jack Muir at left guard and Ryan Kelly at center can be way above average starters. They have that potential. But the right side of this offensive line got killed last year and and projects to get killed again this year. But you can't fix everything, and that's half of a, a decent offensive line, which is just as much or more than a lot of teams have. And their secondary going into the draft was maybe the worst on on paper of any team in the league if Vontae Davis isn't healthy or doesn't turn back into Vontae Davis. And he really hasn't been himself the last couple of years. So they, they addressed that hooker, seemed like he was a great value. When you can get a great value hooker, you do it. <laughs> How about this right guard, Denzel Good? Maybe get a new last name. Denzel Bad? I liked him going out on the hooker bit. Well, I don't – you know, that's that's absolutely fine. Good commentary by Greg on the uh, the an industry that he apparently is uh, intrigued by. By the way, before we move on to AFC West, I just do want to say – Well, we still have the Jags. Uh, oh, the Jags. Yes. Oh, do, are they really? They're still around. They're, they're still? still alive. Okay, go ahead. And I think they're a, a good-looking roster. I, I, w- I wasn't into them last year. I've never Quarterback's really, part of the roster. I've Greg. never bought the Jaguars hype. I think they, they now have so much that even – even this team can't blow it. I think they're going to be competitive. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they can get a better Blake Bortles. I guess that wouldn't take much. I don't know how, how high that ceiling is or not. But when you look at this defensive roster and really, you know, the skill position talent now that you add Leonard Fournette, how can this team lose more than 10 games or nine games? Can't they, Aren't they going to be competitive? Don't they have a shot? Isn't this the second most interesting team in the division? Wait, they, but they didn't. They still have Blake Bortles. What yeah. we, what have we seen other than a couple of tropes out there that he's going to be any different than the guy last year? And because they were, they did not make any move to get – they didn't make a move in the draft. They didn't make a move in the free agency. So they're sink or swim with Blake Bortles after what was a dispiriting uh, performance last season. 
I agree with Greg. It Things is go po- up and down. It is possible he, he goes up a little. that this is like 2015, and he does a fix to his mechanics that gets him through most of, of the season. But everything we say in May means nothing until they put the pads on. He goes out there and shows that his mechanics are cleaned up. This is a guy who famously told Rich Can- Rich Gannon last year, I am not a natural thrower of the football. Well, I think He plays quarterback. I think they're hoping that Leonard Fournette is you know, the fulcrum of their offense. He can't pass. He's a running back. I mean, here's the thing. I think every year you get a team that you feel a little burnt on. I'm a little burnt on the Jaguars. And I, for me, I allow myself, show it to me first. I'm not going to sit around and overpraise this team. I do think that... They already should have been good with the talent they have on defense. And then oh. you add, and then you add Calais Campbell. I like all that. I like Bouye. all that. They throw a lot of money around in free agency every year. Second. Maybe this is the tipping point, but you've got to go. You've got to go do it. And you you have not solved your biggest issue coming out of last season and a totally disparity one. Your quarterback. And you also you know the offensive line, which isn't a team strength. They didn't do a lot of work there. And maybe again they're in the same situation as these other teams where they would have liked to, but there wasn't a lot of options out there. Did take Cam Robinson high in the second round. Yeah. I think the second or third lineman pick. So they're hoping he might end up playing left tackle though, because their their left tackle they traded for. Doesn't want to show up, Brandon Albert. What's Let's up say they have problem. A, say they have a league average quarterback. Let's say you put Andy Dalton on the Jaguars. Do they have the strongest roster yeah. in the division? I would then. I mean, I like them and the Titans, but yeah, I would think they're a ten-win type of team. I think that's fair. They're, there's nothing wrong with their roster except for the most important position in professional sports. Couldn't you say that about like many many teams that have? A bad quarterback, though. No, I don't. I don't think just play average and you could win ten games. You could say that about the Texans. Yeah, but most of those teams, they don't have Fournette and Allen Robinson and Campbell and Malik Jackson and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they got some players. Before we move on to the AFC West, I just want to say, according to our uh, instant messaging, uh, excuse me, our instant messaging client that shall not be named, even though I just named it. There was a trade. That trade did go through. There absolutely was. It was agreed to. Yeah. And and West now, you know, going back. There was no agreement. Well, you uh, took the Titans. That was the trade. So you, you no, even I offered that- the trade. Then Dan said, nah, that's fine. And never did I agree after that that there was a trade. You you have the, the slack right up there. I right. Have, I can I'm tell looking you, at it. I can tell you that at no point did I say we have a trade. <laughs> I offered the trade. Then Dan rejected it. And then a bunch of conjecture happened after that. I no. What happened was you offered the trade. I initially said no, then immediately changed my mind, and then said, "Let's do it." We have a trade, and then Mark wrote, "There's a trade in all caps," and, and then at, other. At what point did I accept? What do you mean? You're the one that offered it, and then you turned it down. Wait a second, but you never came back to me with saying, "Oh, okay, no, no, no." Before you ever replied, if you turned I down a trade, trade, you can't just decide after that that you want to take it again without asking me if I if want. If I was a lawyer, you know, presenting this case, I would ask, "Did three of the four people in the chat room understand that there was a trade?" You and Mark are immaterial to this trade. (laughs) You and Mark are just flat-out immaterial. No one asked John Lynch. I don't need that. No one asked John Lynch if Marvin Lewis approved his trade with the Bears. (laughs) What are you talking about? about? (laughs) Wes, why aren't you a lawyer, by the way? I feel like you would have loved to be in a courtroom just yelling at people. That feels like a good gig for you. Stand down, I said. I think I could do that. Here is the exact 946. I'll trade you Titans for Colts if you're underwhelmed, Dan. Dan, 946. This is within one minute. Nah, it's fine. Actually, okay. Trade. Mark, all caps. We have a trade. I don't know. I mean, it's 
And then, ooh, smoking gun. I'll give you a second round choice next year too, Wes said. And then Wes, I can't say what he asked for, but he said uh, plus. No then, one was that. Uh, no one ever gave me what I asked for. Oh, so but, clearly I'm still negotiating at that point. Interesting. <laughs> now he's just get off he's the hill. He's, he's just spitting. Now he's now he's a public. I'm not spitting at all. You turned down my offer. Now he's you know. He's a public defender. If you, you know, turn down an with, offer with a, and then client, come back with a he's different got a client, offer, he knows he's guilty. He has to do uh, his best. If you turn down an offer, if your answer is no, and then you come back with another offer, doesn't the other guy have to accept it in order for it to happen? No, it of was course accepted, and then I, because I was being magnanimous, I said, "Hey, let me also throw in this." You were you. throwing in something. It wasn't else like we were negotiating. Speaking of magnanimous, that's where it all started from. When I was willing to let you have the Titans and get you off the Colts, and this is the trouble I get for it. All right, let's move on. Elevate your underwear game to the next level with MeUndies. What is MeUndies? Ah, the French champagne. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I don't Not, oh, the French champagne. For the future, said just the, oh. Just, gotcha. see, because it's an O in the copy. So I'll talk, oh, hit him again. Hit him again, watch. Just seriously soft, feel-good undies delivered right to your door. MeUndies are designed in L.A. and made from sustainably sourced micro-mandel fabric. <laughs> three no, times no, 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 no. Softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft luggage undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and an adventurous patterns. Uh, so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. And guess what? What? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because Me Undies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL. And I mean our. MeUndies.com slash NFL2017 and get 20% off your first pair. Our as in universal. It's not that special. So go ahead. Revamp your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com. Slash NFL 2017. Slash NFL 2017. Sid, I had asked you in your capacity as producer, and you're a gifted producer, to reach out to a shadowy league figure about why it is not an individualized offer code. Uh, was there a statement? Uh, there was not. Was so, there an answer of any type? Uh, I did reach out myself. Uh, no response. So we're going to go with declined statement. Seems fair. Seems like a sore spot for them. It is definitely a sore spot between us. Let's move on. We probably should. Whether it's a first or seventh round pick, drafting the right player is the key to success. That six foot four wide receiver or speedy edge rusher can take a team to new heights. Same goes for your business or department. Finding the right talent makes all the difference when you need to hire. Where do you go to scout talent? You can't find top talent by posting your job on just one site. You need to post your job on all of the top job sites. And now you can with Zip Recruiter. Why ZipRecruiter? With ZipRecruiter, instantly distribute your job to 200-plus job boards across the web, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with one click. ZipRecruiter then identifies potential candidates and notifies them about your job in a matter of minutes. No more countless hours searching. ZipRecruiter does the searching 
for you. You can select screen and rate candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard and find it find the right fit fast. Don't get stuck without the right lineup. Discover today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 500 companies and hundreds of thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And right now, our listeners can kick off their hiring on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Blitz. Blitz. Makes sense. Topical. Does it, though? That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Blitz. Try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Blitz. Who's laying that track down in the background? I think that was shot A. <laughs> Feels Went like- on ZipRecruiter, by the way. Sydney, found something for you. Oh, really? A <laughs> gardener's job. Good timing. In Anaheim at Disneyland. Oh, hey now. Listen, all day, every day in Disneyland, that's a dream. Found something for me, too. Another gardener spot <laughs> right at the L.A. Country Club. $13 an hour. Vision Medical Life Dental 401k. Full-time outside all day long mm. doing man's work. And your daddy said you'd never make it to a country club. Well, you're showing him. It's an interesting combo there. Like, full benefits, but $13 an it is, hour. It is a little, that much. It's a little disturbing. When it's you, also alluring. When you <laughs> mow the lawn outside of my future barbecue and blues joint, we'll pay you better than $13 right. an hour. Let's move on to the NFC, excuse me, the AFC West, Mark. Well, we have a little breaking news in the AFC West. Oh. Anyone want to? Oh. (laughs) Hit me with another one, Sid. Hit me with an Orson. Ah, What do you got? (laughs) The Broncos have agreed to terms with running back Jamal Charles, formerly of the Chiefs, to a one-year deal, looks to be worth about three point up, up to three point seven five million. Up to. I'll be curious to see how much guarantees are in it. The up to is, you know, kind of a tricky way to spin that because if they're giving him some real money, let's say a million dollars of it's guaranteed, then I'm thinking Jamal Charles is going to be on that team and he's going to have a significant role. We have no idea what we're going to get out of Jamal Charles, but it sure seems like a team he could be fun playing on. Like I, that signing. I admire Greg Rosenthal's diligence and just absolute unwillingness to give up on the fact that you cannot analyze contracts in the NFL. Well, if I, once I see the contract, you can analyze it. You're right. The second we break the news, we don't know. Like every every contract has some kind of up to or Partial guarantees or this. Well, not, but in two or three days, the official info of the guaranteed money and how it's structured will come out, and then then you can analyze it. Well, here, right, right now you can't. I agree. Back to Jamal Charles. The, this is a backfield now. you got C.J. Anderson back there. You wonder how that's going to shake out, and just like, Wes, I saw you were active uh, on social media today with anybody in the Mark Ingram or Adrian Peterson uh, conversation over in New Orleans – uh, to me, it'll be a similar situation here. The guy that plays the best is going to get the most carries, and it could be Jamal Charles if those knees are right, but you also wonder if his best football's behind him, uh, just too many injuries. I think there's a lot more reason to be concerned with jo- Jamal Charles' knees than Adrian Peterson's, considering Charles keeps having surgery on his knees and hasn't been right in, what, two years? You're right. The thing that Charles does have going for him is he has never really played – in the NFL, except at an extremely high level. 
Like he he has never had a down as Adrian Peterson. No, but these are two. That's the type of Hall of Fame level production you've had. It's not that Jamal Charles has ever been bad. He's just been out. I mean, he is even the last season he was you know playing. He was over five yards per carry. So if you can keep him on the field, he's shown that he's going to be a good player at least to this point. And it's funny we brought up Adrian Peterson because when. Jamal Charles came back from his first ACL tear a few years back. He had a monster season. It would have been seen as the best season ever back from an ACL tear, but it just happened to be the year that Adrian Peterson came back and ran for 2,000 yards. So now this is three or four years later. This is back-to-back seasons with knee issues. We don't know. But, I, Mark, I like the signing for Denver. I feel like what, if for $2 bucks, if it's something around there in terms of guaranteed money, it's worth a gamble. I Why not if you're the Broncos? I mean, he has 83 carries since 2014, and he's got – multiple knee issues, multiple knee operations. So I, I'm rooting for him, but it's not its not a home run guarantee I mean, addition. He's, he averages 5.5 yards per carry, and now he's at 31 years old. So he, he's gotten to that point. He is literally the, has the highest yards per carry average of any true running back in NFL history. I mean, that's amazing. Marion Motley and a couple quarterbacks. Motley was really a fullback. Like but the that. only guy's really ahead of him. That's that's wild. Marion Motley, whom Paul Brown deemed the best football player he ever saw. How about that? And little, he coached little Jim history. Brown. Mm. Little history there from Chris Wessling, historian of the game. Let's now move back to going around the world to wrap up the AFC and this show. And we'll start with Mark Sessler. Get us going, baby. Well, just like the Ravens, the Broncos are getting a little extra time this week after that chunky analysis we just went through. you got a first-time <laughs> head coach. You've got a potentially disruptive quarterback battle about to take place all spring into summer. The offensive line last year was the wor- among the worst in the league. You did very little to address that outside of one pick. The defense – all right, everyone wants to call the defense the greatest thing ever. They had their issues down the stretch last year, too. Explain to me how the Broncos bounce back big time in the toughest division in football. Jamal Charles runs for 3,030 yards. Case closed. Next team. (laughs) I think you're counting on, in a passing league, the best secondary in football, or at least the, the potential, certainly, of the best secondary in football. You know, with with Von Miller, with Derek Wolf, that's a huge weapon. Like, how good do you have to be on offense if their secondary can play to that level? You know, you get your defense back where they're stopping the run a little bit. You've got talent. You got Manny Sanders. You got Demarius Thomas. I mean, that's about as good a starting duo. But then you get what you get last year, which is probably about eight and eight, nine and seven, and maybe miss the playoffs. They're a team I think could have been an 11 or 11 win team. And we would talk about them differently right now with, with just a few little breaks going their way. I mean, they, they, there wasn't much separating them. I don't think from the Baltimore and Pittsburgh, that sort of group. This team could not run the ball and could not stop the run last yep. year. I'm not sure what they've done to make me think that they will, that they have fixed those problems. Well, they're totally one way or another. They're totally different. You know, no Wade Phillips and totally different offensive system. I don't know if that'll be good or bad. It seems like a challenging first-year coaching job. There's a lot of moving pieces here. If you, I know you mentioned all the talent they have on offense, but if you list offensive personnel of every team in the league, the Broncos will not be in the top 20. Agreed. When you factor in quarterback play and offensive line, they will not be in the top 20. Tight ends? No. 
Need one of those quarterbacks to take a big step mm-hmm. forward. I want to argue with you, but you, I just wrote out twenty right. of them last night, and yeah, they were not even close to making the list. Yeah, I don't. I think you're right. I mean, I I think Simeon and and Lynch both have ceiling, but you got you know have some upside, but you got to see it. You don't know. Who's gonna win that battle? Though? I think Simeon is. Uh, I don't know what his ceiling is, but he was. I think he impressed in people in this room more than maybe he did outside of this room with some, and I think he is enough to keep Paxton Lynch. Uh, on the bench early in the year. Not only did Simeon play better than most people think, when on the few chances when Lynch played, he was awful. He wasn't ready to play in the NFL, and it was obvious. And their coaching staff has been saying this offseason that he is improved, that mentally he's in a different place. I'm going to need to see that on the, the field. The tie's going to go to Lynch or anything close to a tie. I think they want Lynch. I think that's may, maybe part of the reason. You know, they bring in Mike McCoy to, to develop Lynch. Over, under, six and a half starts. Backs to Lynch. Over. <laughs> I think these Los Angeles Chargers, most of us in this room, if not all of us, see them as a roster with the talent to compete for the division title. Here's a question. What are the odds? Give me a specific percentage (laughs) of the Bolts having the AFC's highest scoring offense. Okay, so they got to beat out the Steelers. <laughs> Greg takes his pen out immediately. Yeah, I knew Greg would be all about the well, Steelers. Well, you're talking out of two of his favorite things, uh, betting and the Chargers. Oh, stop. <laughs> also numbers. Well, the Steelers, Patriots, and Raiders are three you know, great offenses off the top of my head. People are so. sleeping on the Chargers who did some work on their offensive line in the draft, go four deep at wide receiver, and have one of your favorite running backs in NFL history. I'm going to give you uh, maybe about eight to one odds on that. 12%. There you go. So. 8 to 1 is the end. 12% is not – I mean, that's not a small number. When no, you're that, about that's the giving them a little credit. I'll go 13% to get Greg out of the way on that entire side of the board. Uh, they're going to be fun to watch, though, and I like that they're in that little tiny stadium. I'm going to sneak away and go watch them one Sunday and pretend when I'm – I'll pretend I'm ill. I'm sure the fans of San Diego will be very happy for you while you're having a great time in that tiny stadium. Well, I believe me. Who who sides with teams <laughs> whose you know team got ripped out of their city more than me? I say I think you, it's you, ridiculous. I say you happens. don't go to the game. It is it no is patronage. <laughs> well, as far as you know, I hadn't gone, and I'm not going to. It is we'll outrageous secretly. how deep that offense is. If you think Philip Rivers had a great draft, by the way, they get Mike Williams in the first round, they get two guards in the second and third round to protect them. No quarterback, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Travis Benjamin. Oh, by the way, Tyrell Williams, who had the most underrated, awesome 1,000-yard season last year. I mean, he might be their number four receiver. Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry, who I like a lot, and Antonio Gates. That is seven people. They're loaded. To. I mean, they got a chance. Bump it up to six to one. I passed you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wait, 17% now. Yes. I will go one step beyond Greg and take a higher percentage point. Five to one. Um, all right. 20%. Okay. First of all, Keenan Allen, love him. Who knows if he's ever Keenan Allen again or can stay on the field. Just take a little air out of the balloon. Just beating Marcus Peters' butt up and down the field for a half last year before he got injured. And I know, again, I don't want to – I know it's it's fun to kick around Eli Manning in this building or at least this room, but never around Phillip Rivers. Uh, He had two really great games in the back half of the season. The rest of his season by passer rating, 61, 79, 57, 86, 78, 75. He did not have a good second half of the season. He is also the same age as Eli Manning, the guy that we are so hung up on how old he is all of a sudden. There's no reason. More like how bad he is. No, no. We talk about his age and blah, blah, blah. blah. Eli Manning didn't lose half his offense to injury. I mean, what happened to the Chargers last season injury-wise was unbelievable. Unless he got Bosa. 
the, the closest <laughs> thing we've had to J.J. Watt, Jason Verrett, a future All-Pro at cornerback, Melvin Ingram. 19 and 0. 4 to 1. Is Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs, is Patrick Mahomes going to see meaningful snaps in 2017? Because I kind of think he is. No, nor in 2018 either. What? This guy isn't ready to play. It's just like Jared Goff. Jared Goff was not close to ready to play. This guy is more raw, more undisciplined, and more wild in the air raid offense coming out of college than Jared Goff was. And that's not what Eric, what Andy Reid wants in a quarterback, specifically for a team that is ready to contend, ready to win, and has the best winning percentage in the NFL since the middle of 2015. Mm. Alex Smith is not going to give them a reason to turn to Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes isn't going to give him a reason. I'll say what we just said on our NFL Network hit, and this is uh, you you draft this guy, you trade up for him in the first round. You got to go back to Jake Locker to find a first round NFL quarterback that didn't see meaningful snaps in his first season, and I don't think that the plan is to play him, but you've created a totally uncomfortable situation for Alex Smith because if really you are a step away from the Super Bowl, you don't invest this year at quarterback. You do it another time. You do it next year potentially in a great quarterback class. They've done it. Now Alex Smith is going to deal with it all offseason, and Alex Smith is the kind of quarterback that's going to create in-stadium situations that's going to put pressure on the coaching staff to put one of the more exciting arms out there. Well, they, they made life difficult on Alex Smith. I think he can handle it about as well as anyone. He's not going to let that show publicly, but it's going to be tough on him to know that not only do they try to draft his replacement, but they draft a, to- a player totally opposite of him, totally different quarterback. I don't think he plays this year, though, to answer your question, Dan. I think that's a question for 2018, and I think that's why they believed it was such a perfect situation because Mahomes does need some time, but he does have that kind of upside. It did happen to him once before. This is not you know, apples and oranges, but – he was playing at an Alex Smith level about five years ago. And Colin Kaepernick took over after an injury, and he never got his job back. Uh, that was, you know, midway through Kaepernick's second season. Right. Right. So right. I'm, I think, yeah, it wouldn't be crazy to me if he didn't play this year. But the, the, sitting on the bench for two years, I just don't see it happening in the modern-day NFL. Mahomes in college, you mentioned in terms of under five. I mean, Brian Baldinger was talking about he, he did a lot of their college games, Texas Tech. And you can't believe – how basic it is, how how just completely different it is than the NFL, that he's just going back and kind of just making making it up. Like, he has no idea how to do progression reading. And Andy Reid's a perfect coach to get, but you're right, it'll take some there time. Are a lot of, there are just a lot of redshirt quarterbacks in early May in the NFL. There yeah, really but are. I think none this of is a unique teams, case. None of those teams you mentioned had an established starting quarterback who, who was winning at a high level like Alex, I, Alex Smith. I, I get what you're saying. I don't think the plan is that. But right, but it's not like they have happen. Chad Henney standing in the way. They have a guy who's winning games. Wrap us up, Greg. The Oakland Raiders drafted uh, Gary and Conley with the first round pick. Uh, with their first round pick, number 24 overall. In terms of outrage... I'm a, I'm actually a little surprised that this pick has inspired relatively little outrage and consternation, considering reports have come out since the draft that the investigation uh, of him and you know his rape allegation is going to be ongoing for a while. I, I, isn't this one of the craziest draft picks 
especially considering you have two big-time, tall, similar cornerbacks in your starting lineup. Isn't this one of the craziest, riskiest draft picks that we've seen in a long time? Okay. Doesn't it seem weird? It's very ri- To answer your question, yes, it's very risky. Does that mean we should be outraged? No. I'm not out. I guess it's, outrage is the To me, it's not right. possible to be outraged if you don't have details. Yeah, I think I think that's it's, it's, a, it's, it's a wait and see situation, probably for even the most outrage outrage prone type people. You've got to wait. Like the investigation has talked about it maybe being completely consensual, that you know, that we don't have the information. So his like side. his side said his that. side, but like so we're all open to being outraged at it if I, if it comes down on I wish side. I didn't say outrage. I guess I'm I just am conf- I'm a little confused with just compared to other things that have happened in the NFL that they were willing at this time when they're really trying to make a push and obviously he's a good player. Josh Norris at Rotoworld, he was his favorite cornerback in the entire draft. But to take a guy that there's a there's a chance that and that, you know you have no idea what's gonna happen. There's no way you actually know. I'd say anything. there's been very little. And you just lose your first round pick. That's crazy. There's been very little reaction to Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. I mean, it's like I, maybe people are desensitized to the fact that NFL teams are cutthroat and do things to benefit themselves versus innocent victims. Well, put it this way: if some damning evidence like reaches the media against Conley. I think it will really start to ratchet up, but it's it still just so hazy okay. right now. And I guess... I guess my point is, like, why even take that risk? Why, it's not a, not about the if moral you, thing. That it, there's no way they could know th- what's going to happen. Because they're they the just, Raiders. They they do this type of... They're always doing unpredictable things. That's why they, they're going to play in Las Vegas in two years. And I would think their internal process, they feel com- comfortable with it. And I think a lot of teams, like the New York Giants, aren't going to make this pick. Pittsburgh Steelers probably aren't going to make this pick. But the Raiders are crazy enough to, to try it and, and risk what would be a PR disaster uh, if this guy turns out to be uh, guilty of what he was accused of. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to talk the whole time on him. It just that, that had really struck me because they used their first two picks in the draft in their secondary. Was, the secondary did struggle. They take a safety in the second round. Like, are, do you think this defense now, let's say Conley does play, they drafted a couple guys, is it good Ten, enough to hang with nine, this offense? Oh, my God, there's only six seconds seven, left. No, it's six, not good enough. Five, <laughs> not good enough? Four, it's not good enough. Three, no reason to believe it is. Tough division. One. Tough division. That's it. We went around the AFC in 48 minutes, counted up. We did it. Felt and like 480. <laughs> well, yeah. The good thing is we're going to get now a couple days off and we'll come back and do 48 minutes of the NFC. That's the next time uh, you'll hear from us. Uh, and when that exercise is through, we will give in each of the 32 teams in the NFL three minutes of discussion. That is a lot of data and analysis. <laughs> Narratives. Narratives. Good stuff, guys. Especially from future lawyer Chris Wesseling. I mean, you're a good lawyer. You just happen to lose that case. <laughs> good lawyers lose cases all what the time. If, there's not a judge in this room. What if your fa- <laughs> What if all of the brothers got together and had a law firm? Wesling, 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 and Wesling. Well, we, for one of the brothers, we would need it. Well, you can get that guy <laughs> off. What a great story it would be. That would that would get the headlines. <laughs> I'm afraid Nick would get thrown out of court. But then you have six other brothers. You get. Over, got a deep roster. Think of it this way. What, Chris Wessling, a fiery individual, his brothers like that as well. Over the course of a, an extended criminal case uh, trial, all these guys are going to get found in contempt and booted. But you keep on bringing guys off the bench, <laughs> and you'll always be down for the last Wessling brother. <laughs> but, but the way they work it, they're smart and savvy enough that they always have that last Wessling brother 
to, to nail the final uh, arguments. Yeah, you'd be wearing down we the opponent big time. Yeah, I mean, pra- it's like every time would be like, yes, wrestling. that's the last one. Oh, no, who's coming in the building? I'd like to be the last one in the lineup just so I can use the line. No, you're out of line. <laughs> I would like you guys to come in with like a little clown car, too, and you just keep on getting out. <laughs> you're uh, all in your little lawyer suits. Well, we were, when we were little kids, we would go to mass, like yeah. single file with like the oldest, the youngest, and people <laughs> used to call us the ducklings because it was like, the tallest to the shortest going to mass. Awesome. Uh, all right. We'll be back on Thursday uh, to talk about the NFC. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, check out the subreddit. Let's get the subreddit, by the way, around the NFL um, on subreddit. Let's get that up to 5,000. Maybe we'll even like come up Sid, let's brainstorm something special for the 5,000th member of the subreddit. So if you are um, – uh, if you enjoy this show, there's really good discussion over there. Greeby uh, running running things over there. So check out Around the NFL on the subreddit. Also, uh, of course, over at iTunes, leave the five-star ratings and reviews, and uh, we will, in turn, deliver high Something special. Product. Something that we refuse to give to Matt Money Smith, who's done hundreds of hours of free service for this show. <laughs> I mean, if you add it up, it's maybe 45 minutes. That's not how I see it. That's a ridiculous way to look at that. All right. This is Dan Hansis. Love money. Just saying. Signing off for a quiet storm. The mailman. The boss. And new money behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.